the idea that the name that you make money with, the name that you use to put food on your table, the name that you uh, report to the government with, uh, the name that your friends and family call you, that these all have to be the same thing uh, isn't true. And in the same way that uh, lots of businesses you know, have a fictive corporate identity, pseudonymity allows the individual to have basically that same power where it's like you get this remove that allows you to be yourself and to be a little bit more honest, but then also not like taint one side of life with the other. All right, what's going on, everybody? This is the Other Life Podcast. You know me, I am Justin Murphy. This week, we are talking with Indian Bronson. So Indian Bronson, I guess I'll call him Bronson. Sounds weird to call him Indian. He's a pseudonymous internet personality. He writes a Substack newsletter. He's very active on Twitter. He's also interested in Urbit and active on Urbit. And he self-describes as a kind of Indian tech bro. And he sometimes claims to be Naval Ravikant or Balaji Srinivasan. I don't believe he's either of those people. But he's developed an interesting theory of decentralization and pseudonymity, and that's the focus of this conversation. He himself practices pseudonymity, but most interestingly, from my perspective, he's kind of moving and shaking maybe a bit more than your average anonymous avatar. He is part of a startup right now called Swipe, and Swipe is building building out this, this pseudonymous layer. So Indian Bronson has been hired by a company, basically. He's working for a startup with a startup and he's maintained his pseudonymity. So no one at the company needs to know who he really is. And this is very striking to me. This is very fascinating. He's very bullish on this becoming more popular. And the company Swipe is actually working to build out the, the infrastructure for mainstreaming this kind of pseudonymous uh, buying and selling and hiring. So he has some really interesting ideas on just the role of pseudonymity and decentralization today and what's coming in the near future. So we spend most of the conversation just unpacking his his theories of that. So if you're interested, definitely go check out his Substack, indianbronson.substack.com. And he's on Twitter as Indian underscore Bronson. If you're curious why his pseudonym refers to Bronson, he actually has a very sophisticated answer to that, which we go into. So yeah, reach out to him if you're interested. He's a cool dude. And yeah, I really enjoyed this. I hope you do too. That's all I got for now. Over and out. All right, Indian Bronson, you are a Substack author, a Twitter shit poster, a self-described Indian tech bro. But for the audience out there listening, uh, just tell us without doxing yourself. Obviously, you're a pseudonymous figure. That's something we're going to talk about a lot today. Uh, without doxing yourself, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background and uh, any relevant details about you know your your perspective, attitude, persona, lifestyle that it kind of informs our conversation today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I go for Indian tech bro, uh, just cause you know, for, for most people, it's just, that's a very familiar anchor point. Uh, it's, you know, it's accurate. Um, yeah, I, so, you know, I've, I've, I've been a shit poster for years. That is, <laughs> that is also accurate. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, the pseudonymous thing, uh, you know, it's, if, if, if you're posting strange things on the internet, uh, whether it's just for fun or, or whether it's because you have, you know, ideas about politics, uh, or ideas about culture, you know, doing it with your real name and your real face is, uh, is not always so well advised. Uh, even if you're not saying anything that's, that's really wrong, or even if you're not saying anything that's like too taboo, uh, people are weird. Um, you know, they can, they can be pretty nasty. 
And, uh, you know, there's also a a bit of self-censorship that you avoid, uh, by being, by being pseudonymous. You're, 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 you're kind of off the reservation, uh, once you're, once you're pseudonymous. And so, uh, you can, you can say what you really think, uh, you know, kind of, you know, maybe not without consequence, uh, but with, uh, more honesty, I guess, than, uh, than you might get if you were just talking to a room full of strangers or something. All right. So why don't you just start to unpack for us your theory of pseudonymity and decentralization. You've written about this a lot, and I think you have a fairly first principles perspective on the role of decentralization, the the, the near future of decentralization, and what's coming down the pike here. How do you think about decentralization? Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I have, I have uh, a couple essays on this on my sub stack and there, there are more coming soon. Uh, but like, you know, it's just, it's, it's all under the heading of like, you can just sort of exit over voice, right. You know, you, you have this, you have this paradigm of, of exit voice loyalty. Um, and you know, exit can, can take a, a bunch of different forms, but you know, the, the crucial thing is that it, it's a lot easier to leave and build something new uh, rather than to try and fix something that's just like, you know, massively broken, um, it's a lot easier to start over. It's a lot easier to, to exit, right? Um, and, you know, many many of the, the political fights that we have in the U.S., um, uh, a lot of the contours of, of, you know, the so-called culture wars and, and, and this and that, you know, there, there's, we, we talk about like cancel culture now, right? Um, as though it's like a new thing, but uh, people getting mad at other people and trying to exclude them from life. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not like a super new thing, right? Like this is, this is how, this is how, uh, people operate. Um, there was a wonderful study done, uh, some years back, um, I think with, with gorillas or it might've been a different primate where, you know, one group was raised, uh, you know, to eat, uh, blue dyed corn. And they were also given vats of pink dyed corn, but, you know, there's some, some irritant, some chemical put in the pink dyed corn that would make it taste awful uh, and just be, you know, upset their stomachs, make them vomit, you know, whatever. And over time, you know, they taught their young to only eat the corn that was dyed blue. And they taught a different group of monkeys uh, how, to, how to eat only pink corn and, and not corn that was blue. Uh, and then they basically just mixed the groups up. And you had people from, you know, pink corn culture and blue corn culture now suddenly in new groups. And, uh, you know, they would transgress the taboo. They would be like, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to try and eat this pink corn. Even without the chemical, uh, they were suddenly violating like a group taboo. It's like, well, you, what, are, what are you doing? Don't do this, you know. And these are, these are monkeys, right? They, they don't have language. They can't really communicate anything. So they just, you know, they get irascible or whatever. Um you know, a, a fun a fun thing that was noticed is that higher status males from an out group, uh, they just sort of stuck to the corn that they knew, <laughs> you know. Um, but but other but other monkeys, you know, they're a little bit more pliant. They they assimilated into the culture. So, you know, these 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 fights that people have over institutions, uh, over over you know policy, uh, th- these are these are just part of our tribal you know primal nature, uh, and it's not going away, you know. So. When it when it comes to trying to reform uh, institutions, which are these big, you know, webs of hierarchies and incentives that are, you know, nigh impenetrable as an outsider, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is really just is really just get away from them. And, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty easy to cancel someone by their real name. Uh, It's a lot harder to cancel a pseudonym. It's not impossible. You know, obviously, there's there's the whole doxing thing. But, you know, the idea that 
the name that you make money with, the name that you use to put food on your table, the name that you uh, report to the government with, uh, the name that your friends and family call you, that these all have to be the same thing uh, isn't true. And in the same way that, you know, lots of people, uh, lots of businesses, you know, have a, a doing business as name uh, or they have, you know, like kind of a fictive corporate identity, uh, pseudonymity allows the individual to have basically that same power where it's like, you know, to my friends and family, I'm Naval Ravikanth, uh, but, you know, to everyone else on the internet, I'm Indian Bronson, right? And so you, you get this, you get this remove uh, that allows you to be yourself and to be a little bit more honest, uh, but then also not like taint one side of life with the other. Totally. Okay. So I believe you also have some interesting angles here on how differences between generational cohorts will feed into decentralization and pseudonymization dynamics. Could you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is this is a huge topic. Uh, you know, so so this came up. I was talking to uh, to the indomitable uh, Alex Kashuda about you know some like you know some things that I've noticed in the sexual politics between millennials and Zoomers. Um, you know, millennials were kind of raised in a in a way that was aspirational for for boomers for our, our kind of boomer cohort parents that they themselves didn't necessarily uh, partake in. Um, you know, college participation rates. Uh, for boomers and, and millennials, millennials are some of the most college-educated Americans there are. Um, you know, relocation to a new city for a new job—that's a very millennial thing. Uh, you know, job hopping, also a very millennial thing. Um, these these frequent dislocations in life uh, that were sort of put upon millennials—they um, don't really work that well for a stable life history. They don't really. Uh, serve people that well, but they're kind of what you have to do in order to get along in a paradigm where everyone is doing this thing and it's an expectation. Uh, that's not going to be so true for the Zoomers. Um, so, you know, uh, a, a lot of a lot of us who are millennials, we we grew up in a paradigm where, you know, you you turn eighteen, you leave your friends and family, you leave your home community, you leave your church, everything, you just leave it all behind. Uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to be going to a religious institution. And, and then you go to college and then for four, maybe even five years, you're, you're there in college and then you leave again, you leave this, this place that you were and you go work somewhere and then, you know, maybe you have a new job and it sends you across the country or whatever. Um, you, you've done this thing to your identity and the cohort of people that are around you where you keep severing it and you, you learn to, uh, not actually be super invested and you have this sort of parasocial relationship with people. Uh, with your own name. Uh, so like, you know, you, you think of these people as your friends, but they're really your coworkers. And you're not really being you around them, you're being work you, you're, you're being this, this entity that shares your name, right? But it has to abide by all of these corporate rules. You know, you can you can have two drinks at happy hour, but don't go too over. But don't you know? Don't not go to happy hour though, because if you don't network, uh, you know, you'll be left behind. You have you have this you have this bizarre existence that you have to live with your own name. Uh, meanwhile, you know, some of the people that you grew up with, you no longer even talk to because you didn't you did you guys didn't go to college together. Um, this is a very like <laughs> you know just just describing it. It's like it's not good, right? Like you know, people people don't actually like living like this. But so many people have had to live like this, and you know, not not just remote work, not just pseudonymity. Um, 
you know, not just, uh, you know, sort of uh, kind of looking at the spiraling cost of college, but all of these things together is going to produce a very different life rhythm for Zoomers, I think, uh, than, than millennials have had to suffer through. Um, you know, and it's not going to involve like massive reform of college. It's not going to involve lots of laws being passed. People are just going to do something else. Uh, they're just going to leave that other paradigm behind. They're going to, you know, I mean, not to, not to be too on the nose about it. They're going to exit, right? They're just, they're, they're going to leave this behind and, and not deal with it anymore. Right. Okay. Fascinating. And you also told me once that you think there will be a, a first stage of decentralization that will be centrifugal followed by a second stage that is centripetal. Could you explain that? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if I used, uh, that terminology exactly. Um, I'd, I'd offer, I'd offer this, uh, you know, also, also maybe a very sciencey, sciencey way of putting it, but, um, but, uh, I think, I think pretty accurate. So when you nucleate a crystal, um, you, you know, there are a lot of ways of doing it. Uh, you know, everyone's, uh, well, maybe not everyone, but most people are familiar with like rock candy. You know, you have like the sugar syrup solution, you put like the string in it. And then, you know, the next day you have like dyed rock candy or whatever. Um, so you can nucleate things on, on a, on a surface like that, or on a, on a, on a, uh, a material that's in a solution. Um, they're also, you know, you can, you can get nucleation just around, uh, you know, just around molecules of, of solute, right? Like, you know, if you, if you put a lot of salt into, or, or sugar for that matter, put a lot of solute into, into some, into some solution, you heat it up and, you know, it's boiling, everything's dissolved easily. You know, when you cool it down, you can, you can get crystals again. This is, you know, this happens with water to itself, right? Um, but you can, you can also get some very interesting things with something called epitaxy. So if you have a surface, if you, if you have a surface that prevents, uh, that presents the right, um, the right surface energy, to a solution, you can you can coax out different forms of a crystal uh, from this sort of pre-nucleation aggregate. You can encourage the different formation of different you know we call them polymorphs of a crystal on the surface uh, by altering the surface. Um, and you know if you start out with crystals of one type, you can dissolve them, you can turn them into a liquid solution. You can get crystals of another type or crystals of that same type again. Yeah. So, so, you know, rather than, rather than think about this, like kind of this tumult that we're in as, as like, you know, catastrophic or something like really it's, it's the opportunity for something new to arise. Um, you can think of it as, you know, dissolving one form of crystals and, you know, now we have an opportunity to get another, uh, and you don't have to have the entire structure. Crucially, you don't have to have the entire crystal lattice, uh, figured out. Um, you really just need the surface conditions that are most favorable to them. And you will, you will nucleate the crystals that you want, uh, in, in great proportion. Um, and that, that is kind of how I see, you know, the steps of decentralization. The, the first, the first thing that happens is kind of like this chaotic, you know, spinning apart of older structures. Uh, and then, you know, the second thing that happens is like, we have to create the, the, the kind of the epitaxial surface. We have to create the most favorable surface for a new structure that we want. Not the whole thing, but, you know, it, it, it should be a, like a ready-made platform for them. Uh, and then the crystal kind of self-assembles, you know. Uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of what people do isn't really so much ideologically driven as it is like structurally driven. 
you know, a lot of a lot of the things that we think of as choices are really uh, it's really just a, a matter of the options that are available to us that are that are comprehensible to us, not really things that we decided to do. Um, and and, you know, I'm, it's kind of it's kind of weird because it's like, you know, how much free will do we really exert over the world? Uh, this life script that we follow, how much of it is suggested to it? to us, how much of it is, you know, propagandized to us. Um, but it is also a little bit exciting because it's like, you know, if we're, if we're doing something that isn't working out, uh, and we want to change it, you know, we might not need to just like, you know, we might not need to have an ideological conversation with everyone where we convince their, their, you know, their highly evolved forebrain of like every last rational reason they should be doing something. Uh, we might just be able to offer a better way. And, you know, people can look at it and be like, yeah, I want that. Uh, and, and they just sort of glom onto it because of that rather than, you know, working out a roadmap of how they rearrange their life from one way to another. So I want to unpack a little bit about how your theoretical perspective informs how you evaluate different types of technological projects, whether you think certain projects are winners that you want to align yourself with and, and throw your weight behind versus maybe some theses on decentralization that you that you find less promising, some some technological applications that you think might fail. But before we get to how your theoretical perspective informs your evaluation of different technological projects, uh, I want to just pause on your own pseudonym. It's clearly a reference to the famous Charles Bronson. I'm curious to learn more about, you know, what was the what was the lesson that you took from the life of Charles Bronson? Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you if you ask your boomer your 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 boomer parents about Charles Bronson, uh, you know they'll. They'll they'll fondly recall uh, the Death Wish movies um, or you know the Dirty Dozen, uh, at least mine would. Um, yeah, so 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 Charles Bronson, um, you know, uh, American actor, uh, Lithuanian in origin, but he wasn't he wasn't exactly Lithuanian. Um, part of his ancestry was from a group of people called uh, the Lipka Tatars, uh, and so everyone is kind of familiar with the Volga Tatars, or at least they've heard of them. Uh, the Lipka Tatars are a related group of people. And, you know, they, they settled into the, the, the Polish-Lithuanian duchy uh, as these kind of migrant uh, cattlemen. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not exactly cowboys, but, you know, something similar. And, uh, and they, they, they really integrated, uh, you know, into the polity. Um, you know, they, they, they learned Polish. They lived alongside people. You know, they had their own their own communities, but they were they were part of the the greater fabric of this of this republic, which was already a you know multi ethnic republic. Um, and when you know the Ottomans invade, or you know encroaching onto Europe, uh, you know these people have a, a weird kind of choice now because it's like, look, you know we're we're a Turkic Muslim people. They're a Turkic Muslim people. You know they they're they're actually mutually intelligible. They can they can speak to these people. Um, and uh, so they're, they're faced with a choice, which is like, you know, do we side with the people that have, have taken us in or do we side with our, our you know, our sort of our co-ethnics, you could say. And, uh, and they, they fight on the side of the duchy. You know, they, they, they repel the invaders and like, you know, a lot of stuff in the, the European cavalry tradition of like, you know, winged hussars and, uh, you know, uh, curved sabers and stuff, you know, that, that, that comes from them. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're still, they're still understood as like, you know, part of the foundation of the modern nation of Poland and it's, it's survival into the modern era. And, you know, what I, when I first learned about them, I was like, you know, this is, this is what civic nationalism is. Civic nationalism is kind of like a para-ethnic nationalism. 
you know, it's very normal if you're Polish <laughs> to be a Polish nationalist, right? Because it's like that, you know, you're, you're, you're Polish and you're in Poland. Um, if you're not Polish, you know, what are the things that make you a Polish nationalist? Uh, you know, basically, it's that you live among Poles, <laughs> right? And, and the Poles were nice to you. Um, you know, there's, there's another, you know, I, I thought about using this for a name. And then I was like, people don't really watch The Godfather. So I chose the much more well-known and <laughs> less obscure uh, Lipka Tatars. Um, uh, Tom in, in, in The Godfather movies, you know, he's not, he's not Sicilian. Um, he, he's the childhood friend of, you know, The Godfather's children. And so he's very close to them, is very attached to the family. Uh, but he himself is not Sicilian. And yet through it all, you know, even in, in contrast to Fredo, Fredo, who, you know, famously goes against the family and breaks Michael Corleone's heart and, you know, this and that and all the other things. Tom never does that. Tom is always loyal to not his own family uh, because he, he didn't have his own family, but to the family that took him in. Right. And he, you know, even though he can't really be part of, of you know, the mafia because he's, you know, again, he's not Sicilian. You know, as consigliere, as their attorney, essentially, he can operate with the broader world in a way that's helpful to them, in a way that they could never, right? You know, you know, he's he's got the waspy good looks. He's you know, he can he can talk the talk. Uh, no one suspects him because he's not part of the Sicilian family, and yet he is part of the Sicilian family, right? And so he he gives them this this capability uh, while not undermining them. I think in the books, uh, you know, he actually even speaks Sicilian fluently or something. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's this kind of like, you know, a, a lot of people come to nationalism in sort of like a, it's like a, about an idealistic way. But for me, it's really about it's really about a nation. It's about it's about a biological people. It's about, you know, your, your friends and family. It's people you grew up with. Um, and so I am always looking at, uh, you know, technological progress and, and national changes and things like that in the lens of like, you know, is this going to be good for the people that I grew up with? Is there a way for them to succeed in this new world that's coming? Will this help them? Will this hurt them? And uh, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff in crypto, a lot of stuff in, in, in tech. Uh, like it's very, you know, I mean, there's, there's the joke of being a bug man. You know, it's just like, you know, sipping fuel, uh, vaping, you know, uh, electric scootering around, you know, some city or whatever. It's, it's you know, it's, it's all, you know, it's, it's very silly, but like, you know, a lot of a lot of this stuff it offers it offers avenues um, for living a life and, and you know you know being well remunerated and having a family and you know owning a home and all of this stuff that like really I, I I want I want the people that I grew up with to take full advantage of um, and so and who are who, who are the people you grew up with? Uh, yeah, so so I grew I grew up in in rural PA, uh, so I, I grew up in a uh, a town of like two thousand people. Um, I, I like went small to, town, uh, small town America. I, I grew up in small town America. We, we had, we had three traffic lights, uh, near my gotcha. house when I was growing up and now we have four, uh, you know, so it's, and so, you know, we're, and so, <laughs> and so since you're, you, you, you're of Indian ethnicity, but you're, you're an American and I guess you Indian Bronson are to American culture what Tom is to the Sicilian mafiosos. Is that right? Yeah, I get. <laughs> yeah, you know, not not to cast any aspersions, obviously, but you know, yeah, it's like you know, if you know, I, I've you know, I'm not really part of this of this nation, right? You know, I I worship Indra. 
I don't eat meat. I pray in Sanskrit. Uh, you know, th- those belong to a national people. It's just not an American one. Right. But like, you know, but I, I also don't really, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I can't really relate that well to Indians. Um, I, gotcha. yeah, I mean, I, it's, you know, so gotcha. it's so, like, yeah, yeah, it's, right. it's one of those things. Right. So you're, you're like a liminal character who's going to, uh, kind of have the ability to show America, uh, what, what, what America kind of, uh, can't what what America can't see about itself. It's like you can be you can be in a way even more American than uh, Americans from a certain. Angle. Well, well, you know, I mean, you know, let, 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 let's not get too crazy. Yeah, but like <laughs> you know, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where uh, you know, if you're if you're an outsider, in some sense, you can appreciate a lot right. of stuff that people take for granted. Right. Well, I take you as someone who very much uh, loves the American spirit and 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 is trying to kind of follow through on the American spirit. And I agree that uh, it's actually you know, um, people of, uh, diverse ethnicities that often are most able to kind of take up that, that mantle, a lot of complacent kind of white Americans have totally lost touch of what like the American spirit really is. So I, I totally appreciate that. So I want to think with you a little bit more about how your theories of decentralization and pseudonymity inform the near future. Like there are many projects right now to try to quote unquote, decentralize things and, you know, some of them might win, some of them might lose. And I'm just kind of curious how your theories cash out into, you know, particular concrete heuristics. How do you evaluate new technological projects when there's a new company trying to do something? Uh, you know, how do you, what are you looking for? What kinds of characteristics or principles uh, are you looking for where you're like, oh, this is going to be a winner or, oh, this one's going to fail. You mentioned before a kind of the concept of a kind of epitaxial surface. Like, what does that look like concretely? What are you evaluating for? Yeah, so so you can imagine uh, like a perfectly centralized um, structure that just totally dominates you in every way where like, you know, if you upset this entity, uh, your life is just over, right? Um, you know, kind of like, like the relationship that, you know, the, the, the relationship that a captive would have to their captor, right? So, you know, you can imagine your entire life's work, um, all of your communications, uh, like, you know, the, the contact information of everyone you care about, uh, you know, any anything that is not physically committed to paper, all sorts of information just being owned in a single server somewhere. And if you ever say the wrong thing, it's just deleted immediately or the, there's the ability to delete it immediately. Um a lot of people actually live like this. Uh, like, you know, the, if you if you uh, post a, a naughty comment on YouTube or, or you make too many heterodox videos, uh, you know, when your YouTube account is suspended, your Gmail account goes with it. It's all the same. You know, it's all the same thing. And Google will just basically be like, you know, hey, go fuck yourself. And it's just it's game over for you. Right. If you didn't save all of that information, it's just gone. Uh, you can never get it back. Um and, and a lot of people don't realize how dependent they are on these services until they basically break. Uh, so like if, if you've ever, if you've ever changed, uh, like credit cards, like I, I had to do this recently, I, you know, I updated my address, I changed my credit cards out. Uh, but I, you know, I just, I just forgot about stuff like Uber. I forgot about stuff like, you know, web hosting. And then, you know, suddenly all of these services were breaking for me. I was like, Oh, payment method fail. Uh, you know, and, and you realize how, how hampered your life is. Um, just because this one link of like, you know, what you think is your ownership, what you think is your money, uh, what you think is the thing that you paid for, it's all suddenly broken. And what it reveals is, is how dependent you are on the good graces essentially of these companies. So, 
you know, that, that's a structure of just like total centralization. You know, what, what does it mean to decentralize from it? Well, you know, if, if you're part of a decentralized thing, one of these entities going down shouldn't, shouldn't ruin your life, right? Like, or, or shouldn't interfere with how you, with how you live your life, right? Um, and so some people do this on the level of like, uh, I don't just have Uber, I also have Lyft. <laughs> you, you know, they have, they have like the one, they have like a, like one set of fallbacks or whatever. They're like, I don't, I don't just have, uh, you know, a visa. I also have a, a MasterCard or something, right? That is, that is decentralization of a sort, right? But then like the actual root uh, service, you know, you're, you're still dependent on them for it. If you can get out of that, if you can be independent of them, right? You've, you've decentralized away from the center. Uh, and so this is, you know, this is basically like having sovereignty. You want to have, you want to have sovereignty over something. So, you know, if it's, if it's your information, you want to be the only person that owns that information. Um, you know, maybe you can grant permissions, like, you know, read, write permissions just for, you know, the sake of, of, of just like API functionality, but like you want to actually own your own information. You want to actually own your own money. Um, that is what uh, I, I evaluate services on. Gotcha. Uh, so, like, you know, I, you know, it, so I, I recently started at Swipe. Um, Swipe is 100% non-custodial. It's your keys, you know, your money. Uh, if you lose your keys, you know, it's just it's game over, right? No one can recover it for you, and that's that's dangerous. Uh, but it's also like it's crucial. It's it's crucial that it actually be yours. Uh, you know, if you lose. If you lose your private keys to your orbit, uh, you know it's hey, man, <laughs> you, like you're you're kind of you're kind of out of luck here. Um, you know whether whether or not you've hosted it somewhere else, uh, like that that level of ownership where you can actually destroy something means that it's really yours. Okay, great. So yeah, this was pretty interesting actually that you started working for this company called Swipe. This is a startup that is building out this pseudonymous layer, basically. And what was really interesting about that, I noticed, is that they've hired you with full respect toward your pseudonym. So as I understand it, you have been able to join this company and they don't know anything about your true identity. Is that right? Yeah. So so the founder and I are, are, are friends, uh, but you know, my, my coworkers, uh, I'm pseudonymous to them. I'm, I'm Indian Bronson to them. Uh, you know, uh, a, a guy that I work with is called Nacho and that's all I know about him. His name is Nacho, you know, um, I, you know, I, I can speculate, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think Nacho might be Ignacio, but, uh, you know, who knows? I'm not, I'm not, not, not out to dox anyone. Um, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's freeing because you get to, you know, this is a little bit, a, a little bit like the, 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 the methods by which you post on the internet. Um, you know, if you're, if you're just being you, uh, you know, with your coworkers, um, and you, you have this barrier of pseudonymity, uh, you can, you can really be you, uh, you can really be yourself. And, uh, and, you know, frankly, you know, who, who's to say you only have one, <laughs> you know, um, you, you, you could, you could have as many as you like. And, uh, you know, uh, not, not very many people have, have interacted with, uh, kind of the, the, pre-crypto structures that allow this to happen. Um, you know, I mentioned DBA names, but like, you know, there are a lot of authors who publish uh, pseudonymously. Um, and, you know, they have a name that's on their books uh, from like a publishing house or whatever, but their actual name is something else. 
uh, and their publishers might need to know. Uh, the IRS certainly needs to know, right? But the public, the public doesn't really need to know. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's not even clear who the publishers needs to know, right? Um, you know, these these structures of, of pseudonymity that, that crypto enables, right? You know, it's in, instead of being, uh, you know, W2'd with, uh, <laughs> you know, direct deposit to a bank account that has your real name and real address on it, uh, you know, you can send to an ETH wallet. You can, you can just be like, hey, uh, you know, this is the work that we want done. This is how much we think it's worth. Here's the contract. Uh, once it's delivered, the smart contract executes, and then you know you get the you get the Ethereum. Uh, you know, the, it it opens up a different way of working, a different style of working. Um, you know, management's a little bit different. Uh, you know, you're, you're not really, you know, it's not it's not a question of following up with someone to see if something's done. It's like if it's done, it's done. <laughs> you know, and they 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 know it because they haven't gotten paid. You know. Um, it's it's a it's a, it's a it's a totally different ball game, and uh, you know it, it, it'll be weird at first. It'll be really weird at first to be like, "Wow, am I really going to work pseudonymously?" Or you know, I'm not even going to know the people that I work with. You know, if you really want, you can always self dox. If you if you really trust someone, you can always self dox. It's a very intimate thing, by the way. When you <laughs> when when two pseudonyms you know mutually face dox and mutually name dox, it's. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a very, it's you know, you, you realize suddenly how private this information really is, um, and uh, you know, it's it, you know, it's it's you, you can always do that, right? But uh, you know, similar to uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever, and I'm I'm very ashamed of this, you know, I've I've been a part of uh, video game clans uh, in my day. Uh, where we have gamer tags and we play, you know, we 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 play video games. Uh, you know, I confess, uh, I, I I was once a gamer. You know, you can you can do a lot of collaborative stuff with strangers. It's weird, actually, to, for them to kind of know your name. It's a, it'd be it'd be very weird. You know, you'd you'd prefer actually for them to know you by a handle. Um, nothing against them, but like, you know, why? Uh, and and this this stuff like. You know, to have totally non-custodial crypto payments, um, you know, to have the ability to spend your crypto or to spend against your crypto, you know, just to kind of kind of collateralize the crypto that you have and be able to take loans out where you're not dealing with like, you know, a financial institution anymore. Like you are your own financial institution. Uh, you can you can do this, uh, you know, within the bounds of, of some KYC for for, you know traditional finance rules we we respect the government we don't we don't try and cheat the government um you know where we need to we will obey kyc um it, it feels really weird at first uh but it's like it gets less weird after that so like you know there's a there's a guy there's a guy in wyoming who knows my real name and knows that i am indian bronson and he's my registered agent in wyoming and like you know that's his job his, his job is to be a good keeper of secrets so it's like whatever Right. You know, so is that what you did for? So you have like a Wyoming Dow for India? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, and like, you know, FinCEN, uh, you know, this was, this is actually pretty recent. Um, so, so like, you know, the whole anonymous shell company thing that was recently made illegal. Uh, you, you can't do that in the U S anymore. Like there has to be like a legal person, uh, you know, associated with something. Um, yeah. Can, can the FBI find out who I am if they ask the IRS, Hey, who is this guy? Yeah. You know the 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 you know the the U S the U S government has more power than I do. Uh, turns out, 
right? But sure. like, you know, uh, but that's that's kind of okay, right? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not planning, uh, you know, maybe I am, but but not really. No, I'm not overthrowing the U.S. government with things that I'm doing. I'm I'm probably right. probably not on too many watch lists, right? Like, okay, so it, I'm kind of interested in in the logistics of this. So help us understand, unpack a little bit about you know the the decision calculus. Why was that the best vehicle for you to uh, file yourself as a DAO in Wyoming? And then what other kind of concrete stuff can you share about like how you use that to, um, you know, like build out your position in the, uh, in the economy? I'm just curious about this. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the reason, the reason I picked the, the Wyoming DAO is because, so Wyoming has done something very interesting where like, you know, your, your, your DAO can, can govern itself entirely through, uh, the contracts that it's written up with. Um, you know, you can, you can operate it however, but for legal purposes, uh, you know, if there's ever uh, a dispute that starts involving legacy legal structures, right? If people ever get, uh, you know, the old world's paper and pen legal structures out to do battle with you, uh, you can just default to Wyoming LLC law. And suddenly, you know, you have this, this large, well-understood arsenal of case law and, you know, lots of attorneys and, and, and things like that, you have suddenly protections with a government entity that many governments recognize. Uh, every other state recognizes Wyoming, you know, uh, the U.S. federal government recognizes Wyoming. And, you know, lots of lots of governments recognize the U.S. federal government. So I, I, I picked Wyoming for that reason, um, because, you know, even if you even if you want to decentralize and you know, I, I do have theses about about decentralization from the state, including the United States. Uh, you kind of you kind of always have to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? You know, if there's if there's another power that has power over you, uh, you know, just, just don't fuck with that, <laughs> right? Like, and so yeah. what what are what are the advantages you get from doing the Wyoming Dow LLC versus just a normal LLC? Uh, well, so like you know. My, my payment can be entirely through smart contracts, right? So like, you know, instead of being uh, an LLC organization where it's like, you know, there's a regular vendor PO or something, it can be like, you know, here's, here's my Ethereum address and, you know, uh, different deliverables are the billables. And, you know, as I huh. execute on what I need to execute on, right, the Ethereum just comes in. Right. And, and so that's your your Ethereum address like is in the paperwork in Wyoming, like in an office somewhere. Yes. So they they actually have to, they, they have a copy on file. Um, you know, it's like this is like this is how, you know, it's like this is this is the entity. This is the Dow LLC. And it's like it's recognized by the state. It's like, yeah, this is real. Uh, this is how this guy does business. And and do they all do they also have your social security number and stuff like that or no? Uh, so the registered agent knows everything about me. Uh, he, but he no knows. one else. No one else can find it anywhere. Uh, a government, a government, can, you know, I mean, like legally, you know, you know, the IRS can the IRS knows that, uh, you know, the FBI. So there's this this organization, FinCEN, they can find it out. Uh, sure. It's not like perfect, but most people can't find it. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, you know, they, you know, uh, regular, regular man on the street, uh, angry journalist, uh, <laughs> you know, gotcha. they, they, they can't find out. So, so, you know, you're protected in that sense. Okay. Fascinating. So swipe is basically a company building out this pseudonymous layer and swipe wants to make it easier for pseudonymous people such as yourself, who, who's, you know, main, 
identifier is an Ethereum address to basically get hired by normal companies, get paid uh, just as you would by a normal company. Swipe wants to make that easier and build build out that uh, side of things. Could you tell us a little bit more about, yeah, tell us a little bit more about Swipe's larger vision and why why you believe in this company in particular, like how the business model works and, 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 and why you think this is going to work? Yeah. So, you know, this, this kind of, it's, it's not like a first order thing, but it's, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a side effect almost. It, it blossoms out of the ability to pay anyone and pay anywhere in crypto. Right. So like, you know, if, if you get, um, you know, if you get like an HSBC select account or something, right. Like even if you're a U.S. citizen and even if you're paid in dollars, you can be paid in euros, right? Like you can, you can, do the conversion yourself. You can just keep all of your money in euros. You can get a bank card that's in euros. And you can find yourself in the same position as someone who, you know, if they're European and they're on holiday in the US, right? Like their whole economic life is enumerated in the euro. <coughs> Excuse me. When they go and like buy coffee somewhere, um, you know, the merchants just sees that they got dollars, right? It's not like, uh, you know, there's, there's a thing, AMC theaters are in, are in the news for accepting Bitcoin or whatever, right? You know, even, even if a merchant isn't set up to accept euros, when this European person swipes their bank card, you know, they, they get dollars anyway, right? Like they didn't, they didn't have to do anything extra. We are building that capability for crypto. Um, and so, you know, not everyone will want to directly do that. Uh, you know, we get, all, we, we get some angry Bitcoin maxis who are like, why would I ever spend Bitcoin? It's worth so much U.S. government money. Uh, and, you know, I have, to, I have to wonder, you know, what they think their money is, um, if not the crypto. But, you know, we'll, we'll enable people to actually collateralize and spend against uh, their crypto in a stable coin if they would like. You know, um, if, you, if you own something that's appreciating in value, right, like your cost of capital should go down, you know. Uh, to, to be able to live your entire life in crypto, to kind of to exit the U.S. dollar, um, you know, in, in some ways, this is kind of like the ultimate rebellion against the state. It's like, I'm just I'm just not going to hold, <laughs> you know, any U.S. dollars. And, and that is that's my personal plan. Right. Like uh, I will obey tax laws. Uh, you know, I'll keep some petty cash for. You know, I mean, my, my ivermectin guy and, uh, you know, my barber, they expect dollar bills. Um, but, you know, I, I don't really feel like I, I will have a need anymore to hold any U.S. dollars. I can I can be like that expat who, you know, even though they're a U.S. citizen is now entirely enumerated in euros. I can I can have the Internet's currency. I can have multi multi currency crypto support and I can just you know, I can just keep living my life. Um you know, combined with pseudonymity, combined with all of these structures that crypto is building that just don't really have a good UI experience, that don't really have, um, you know, the, the protocols for how you deal with pseudonymous ICs and, and all of this stuff aren't really fleshed out anywhere. You know, we're, we're going to give that to people. And once people see how easy it is to use, I think most people will start to opt for them, uh, even if they aren't like, you know tech bro, futurist, decentralization brain or whatever, right? Uh, it'll just be easier to use. It'll be better to use. Gotcha. So basically, Swipe is going to make it possible for you to get a job, get paid totally pseudonymously, get paid in crypto, but you can still buy things that require US dollars. Uh, it'll kind of just do that exchange for you at point of purchase. So you're only ever touching and using crypto 
but if people need USD, they'll, they'll yeah, exchange you, it out you, and make that you, possible. You never, you never need to touch fiat ever again. Um, but you can you know, still like pay a, people in fiat if that's what they need. Exact, exactly, yes. exactly. You know, it's like, right. you know, imagine, imagine the most normie, normie on the planet. You know, this person, you know, if you said something like, uh, you know, Genesis block, they'd be like, what's that? <laughs> Is it like a Sega Genesis? You know, just, you know, they, they have no, they have no relationship to this stuff at all. Uh, we want something that like, you know, it's, it's not even like a dunk. It's like, you know, whether, if, if you're just not familiar with information, you're not familiar with information, right? Like we want that person to be able to use crypto. <laughs> we, we want, we want the experience to be so good that like they opt for swipe totally over I, bank of America. Right? I noticed on the website, there's a little product demo that, uh, has Apple pay on it. Is that just like a teaser or is that like in the works or, or what? Uh, that, that, that today, uh, if, if you're on swipe, um, and if you, if you'd like to get on, I'll, I'll onboard you myself. Uh, you can use it anywhere. Apple pay is, is accepted. Um, this is, this is true today. Okay. Uh, so and we, it's already yep, working. It's yep. already, it's, you can already be up and running with this and, um, you can, you can use it through Apple pay to, you can hold all your that money. That is correct. You hold all your money in crypto yep. and you pay people in USD. Just like when you put your phone up to the to the register at the grocery store and pay an Apple Pay. Yep. Okay. Fast. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we're also coming out with uh, physical cards. Um, uh, you know, I I I do pay for things on my phone. I feel like a dweeb when I pay for things on my phone. <laughs> I'm just you know it's just it's true, right? Um, I I'm a physical card guy. I will always be a physical card guy. You know, my parents are physical card people. Uh, you know. It, it, it matters. It matters for just ease of use. You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of POS uh, systems that are just it's just better. It's just better to, you know, to, to, to swipe a card uh, to, to insert a chip or whatever. And so we we're, we're also going to have we're very excited about it. Uh, we're also going to have a very premium, very nice physical card uh, for you to use as well. OK, fascinating. And so this is already up and running. Uh, give us some sense of you know, are you getting traction? Um, where along in the journey are you guys? And uh, yeah, just give us some give us some sense of of how things are going. Yeah. So, you know, um, we we have we have strong, strong user transaction volume. We are we, we've got quite the wait list. <laughs> you know, we're 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 onboarding people as quickly as we can. Um, it's you know, we we'd like we'd like to get everyone on immediately. Um, we are heads down right now focused on making sure that, you know, the, the service is as scalable, you know, as, as robust as it, as it can possibly be before we put too many people on it. Um, and we're making sure that we have the features that, you know, both our whale users and, and, you know, casual users, you know, want from, from an app, from a service, right. It has to be easy to use. Uh, so we, we published a note recently, on our Substack, where it's like, you know, the the UI and UX of crypto is just it's light years behind what the technology enables, um, and that is why you know crypto hasn't just taken over every business yet. Is that it's you know it's still not as usable as TradFi, even though TradFi has all of these disadvantages. And so we are we are laser focused on ironing those out, but we expect to be raising. Um, you know, sometime around the end of October. And uh, uh, we think people are going to love what we have. Okay, fantastic. And so for people out there listening who maybe are pseudonymous, I certainly have a 
a lot of people in my audience who, you know, rock a, a, a totally pseudonymous avatar for their social media or Substack or what have you, for them to get on swipe, do they need to go through the Wyoming Dow filing process or are there other easier ways to kind of maintain pseudonymity and start using swipe uh, to, you know, uh, for your transactions? Yeah. So, so you don't, you don't need to do, you don't need to do what I did. Um, start using swipe for transactions. Uh, you can use swipe as a wallet, um, you know, as a Bitcoin wallet, as an Ethereum wallet, uh, today. Right. And it's just, it is your wallet, right? You, you, you have your keys, you can transact with it. Um, uh, I chose to go that route and I think that route will, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot easier than people think. It's a lot less painless than people think. Uh, we'll, we'll make it easier. We'll, we'll show people how to do it. Documentation that exists today, um, you know, right now, if you Google how to form a Wyoming DAO LLC or whatever, right? Like, there's like a, there's like a, a legislature page from the Wyoming state government that comes up and it's like, oh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a PDF that opens up. It's, 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 a, it's a bad scene, right? Um, uh, we're going to make that easier for everyone. And it's not like that's the only path, but it'll be a path. Um, and, but, you know, right now, if you want to, if you want to get on swipe and, and just use it as a wallet, uh, as a Bitcoin, as an Ethereum wallet, you can do that. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty quick. Uh, you know, shoot, shoot me and a you, message. And you can just get, you can give it like a fake name or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wallet, right? You don't even need to give it a name. Uh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure when you, when you set up the app, maybe it asks, I guess it doesn't ask you for that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, it's, it's, it's a, it's a Bitcoin wallet. It's an Ethereum wallet. Gotcha. Yep. And you can, you and what, and are those the only, like. are those the only current, uh, crypt cryptocurrencies or others as well. Yep, we we just added Ethereum support, um, and uh, we're we're gonna be working on you know we we intend to be multi currency. Uh, you know we, you know sorry sorry to the Bitcoin maxis. Uh, you know we 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 like Ethereum. We like Solana. Uh, I I I own some some Miami City coin. Uh, yeah. Other okay. Currencies. Awesome. And it, and if people want that uh, custom personalized uh, Indian Brunson onboarding, where should they contact you? Ah uh, yes. Uh, so. The best way to get in touch with us, if you want the custom onboarding, uh, is at get swipe, uh, get and then S W Y P E uh, at at Twitter. Um, but you can also, you know, you can just at me. You can get in my mentions, uh, Indian Bronson on Twitter. Uh, the I is is actually a lowercase L. Shamefully, I am violating the Twitter uh. TOS. I'm a banavator. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. If you if you search for Indian Bronson, it's it's pretty easy to find me. And uh, yeah, no, we'd we'd love to get you up and running. Okay, awesome. And before I let you go, I just want to know a little bit more about any other kind of interesting projects right now that you find uh, notable, or if there are any kind of interesting thinkers or uh, you know badasses out there who you think are underrated. You want to you know give a shout out to or uh, or have me look into. I know you're interested in Urbit, for instance. I, I think you're active on Urbit and, and I've seen you publicly kind of post about Urbit. What's your take on Urbit? Are you bullish on Urbit? And if so, why? Super, super bullish on Urbit. You can also find me on Urbit at, uh, you know, Tiplin Tarek, uh, T-A-R-R-Y-C. Um, if you're on Urbit, you know how to find me. If you're not on Urbit, uh, you know, just spin up a comment. Just go Google Urbit comment, get on, you know, check it out. It's good stuff. I'll put all you these know, things in the show notes for people. There'll be links yeah. in the show notes for people to check these things out. Yeah, I, I, I highly encourage it because, you know, you know, one, one of the things that you need to have when you have people that want to buy a service and people that want to sell a service, uh, you know, for instance, maybe working pseudonymously at a company, you know, they need a marketplace. 
you know, they need they need a discursive space where they can talk about things, where things can be advertised, where people can, you know, show their stuff, uh, you know, and e- even outside of that, you know, if you if you have your Gmail account taken away from you, if you have your Facebook account taken away from you, if you have your, your Instagram and your, your Twitter and all of this taken away from you, you suddenly sever the connections, uh, the social connections that you have with a lot of people. You know, there's a there's a phrase that, uh, you know, a lot of my fellow Twitter anons use when they they reincarnate, you know, for the 20th time or whatever, uh, help me find my friends. And it's this very plaintive, uh, you know, it's like it's it's tongue in cheek, but it's also, you know, it's 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 sad in a way, you know, and, you know, people people think of these relationships as maybe parasocial, maybe they're fake, Um you know, Leibniz, uh, you know, Clark, Samuel Clark, um, you know, Pascal, you know, uh, correspondence between between peers is very Lindy. It's deeply Lindy. Uh, you know, it's actually in, you know, for, for a lot of human history, physical travel and just being like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll go to Vienna. Like that wasn't so easy, <laughs> you know, at every, at every point in human history. But, you know, letters you know, this was actually a lot easier and, and, and corresponding, you know, with people you find interesting, people you admire through written work. Um, and there's a long, a long storied history of doing that. And, uh, you know, to, to lose all of those connections just because, you know, some moderator, some, you know, some, some, some automated process was like, you used too many naughty ideas in a sentence, uh, you know, turn it off, you know, that's, it's really terrible, right? Um, you, you, you want to be able to have, you know, the ability to talk and engage with ideas fearlessly. Uh, and, you know, obviously, you know, just shitpost to the max. I mean, just, you know, the memes, the, 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 the memes that are available on Urbit are available nowhere else. Uh, you know, I can't even, I can't even share them. Um, it, you know, you, you, you get a completely different experience when you really have, uh, you know, this, this ability to communicate with people freely and, uh, Urban enables that in a way that just doesn't exist anywhere else. Uh, so I'm I'm hugely bullish on Urbit. Um, I will I will bug people about it. I will I you know I've got I've gotten most of my friends to at least spin up a comment. Um, and you know I would encourage everyone who hasn't just like just just do it. Like the the docs don't take that long to read through. <laughs> you know you don't you don't need to be a Linux administrator to do it. It's really simple. Uh, it's a little bit simpler if you have a Mac, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's fun. Like once, once you're on it and you're looking around and if you can't find anything, uh, just ping me at Tiplinteric. I'll show you fun communities. Like once, once you're on it, you'll kind of get it, you know, particularly if, you know, you're part of this group of millennials who remember IRC or, you know, AOL or things like that. Like if you remember those days of the internet before it became this like terrible walled garden experience, um, Urbit will feel very familiar to you. Right on, right on. Yeah, you told me the other day that you said you said something that kind of stuck with me, which was that Urbit is a, a computer that you and your grandkids could all use. Like the there's a kind of uh, long term quality to truly decentralized technologies. They just have this possibility of of lasting forever potentially in a way that other technologies just will never have a hope of that. Yeah, you know, the, the the blockchain is this is this. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in one sense, it's this weird, newfangled technology. Like, wh- what do you mean everything's on the ledger forever, right? It's it's crazy, but you know, so so I, I come from 
not an ancient, but a you know kind of an older Indian family, and so we have you know a family tree, and you know our, our ancestors are documented and all of this. Uh, you know some of your Chinese listeners, um, I believe it's called the the Zupu. I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, but it's you know it's just it's, it's a family lineal document, and you know you you sort of trace out who your ancestors are and who they married and what children they had, and you know these these things are kept in in a chain, and it's it's actually very important. Uh, you venerate these people. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the things that, that kind of make modern life so disposable is that we don't have a sense of, of, of the ancient. We don't really preserve things for very long. We, we boot them up, we toss them out. Uh, your great-great-grandchildren can use your herbit instance. You know, it, it can be like my great-great-grandfather's herbit. Uh, you know, the documents that he wrote, you can have forever. You know, I, I, I have some letters... Uh, you know, from my great grandfather that, you know, I read them and like, you know, they're, 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 I mean, they're, they're mundane things, right? You know, like one, one of them, one of them, he's like, he's asking a friend to like to borrow money for like an apartment that he wants to rent. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, but, but it's, it was my great grandfather, right? And so, you know, I can, I can read how he thought about the world, right? You know, if that physical paper is ever destroyed, it's, I mean, it's, I have pictures of it, but, but like, but still, right? It's game over. Um, you know, not that I want my, uh, my grandchildren reading my DMs or something, but like, you know, to, to, to be able to persist things, uh, longer than oneself, that's, I, that, you know, it's, it's really beautiful. And no, it is, it is something people don't take seriously enough because we've so normalized the, the, the current culture of these computing machines made by centralized corporations in that it's like, there's probably stuff on my on my uh previous macbook air that is actually valuable to me that i really would like to keep that i'm gonna lose forever because for some reason it just didn't make it in the migration process as i'm like copying files over to my new laptop you know um and it's like that when you think about it that's actually really totally idiotic there's like absolutely no good reason why data on like one of my computers at one part of my life could ever like fail to make it over to the next computer. That's, that's totally idiotic. There's, there's no re good reason for that, uh, except for the, 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 the contingent, uh, intricacies of like how, of the actual production processes that, that, um, you know, punctuate, uh, our different like consumer devices. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a chip manufacturer screwing up your drive or whatever, right? Like that should not be, <laughs> should not, should not be what your memories rest on. Um, and you know, there, there, there are things that I actually only store in one place. Uh, you know, there's, there's only one place, uh, that, that my private keys are on. It's in my heart, right? <laughs> you know, but, but like, you know, uh, well, the, the mnemonic is at least, uh, but like, you know, there, there are things that, that you know, I don't persist uh, for a reason. I, I want them to disappear. They exist in a, in a particular time and place, and you know that's that. Um, you know, cryptography gives you that too, <laughs> because because once you lock something away cryptographically, like it is locked away. Um, so you you get you get this ability to to you know you, you kind of reclaim this ability to have you know both a very a deep human attachment to persistence, uh, and also you know this this ability to just cast something out completely. Um, and, uh, and that, that, that's really powerful. Uh, it's really powerful and it's, it's deeply appealing to me. Um, so TLDR, 
boot up a comet, get on Urbit, check it out. And maybe maybe someday soon there'll be an integration between Swipe and Urbit. So your totally pseudonymous job that's paid in crypto will also be taking place on Urbit, perhaps. You know, uh, you know, Slack is a centralized service. Uh, you know, Dude, right totally now, right. right now. Discord, Discord, come on, Discord. <laughs> how's this? How's Discord going to be like the frontier of Web three? No fucking way. Yeah, yeah. You right? know, and and you know, if you if you've ever if you've ever been in an Urbit chat, uh, you know, versus versus say a Discord group um i mean the 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 quality of participants is just it's not even a comparison right right well i want to thank you for your time today it was a pleasure getting to know you and i will put links to all of your stuff in the show notes uh your Substack, uh which i highly recommend uh people can uh, contact you on twitter if people want to learn more about swipe um they can get in touch with you and and like you said you know, that's very nice of you. You'll personally onboard people. So all the links we talked about will be in the show notes. People can uh, pursue things there. And uh, any parting words or anything we didn't cover that you really wanted to get out there? Uh, no, I, I think that's everything. But uh, you know, don't don't be a stranger. Uh, get get in the mentions on Twitter. I will. You know, you can you can you can bother me all you want. I'll I'll be there. All right. Awesome. Good to know you, Indian. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll stay in touch. Keep keep us posted on on Swipe and everything you're up to. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You made it all the way to the very end, so you must really like the show. In that case, I would be super grateful if you'd be so kind to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is go to otherlife.co slash review. That's otherlife.co forward slash review. And it'll send you to Apple Podcasts. Just leave a review. You can be honest. Tell me what you really think. I'd really appreciate it because it'll help other people find the show and I'm really trying to grow out the podcast. So thanks for listening and thank you for leaving a review. I really appreciate it.